Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me again today for another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And boy, do I have some good news for you today. Would you like to live every moment of your life with no fear, no anxiety, no worry, no doubt, no guilt, no shame? Well, Jesus has been revealing to me exactly how we can do that. It's to know, to our core, and to experience that God is pure light with no trace of darkness. Now, what does that mean? It's the living out everyday manifestation of that knowing where the rubber hits the road. It's moving from intellectual knowledge to heart experience what the phrase no trace of darkness means. Here's what it means. Catch this and you will find and experience the life of the ages that every person longs for. With God, there is absolutely no trace of relating to you in any way, shape, form, or thought regarding sin. Did you get that? Can you imagine God himself never, ever, in any way, shape, or form, ever relating to you, thinking about you in regard to what you think is your sin? Can you even begin to imagine and comprehend that God is so good, so loving, so accepting, so inclusive, so kind, so gentle, so patient, so peaceful, so full of grace, that all of God's powerful agape love, the most powerful force in the world, is so totally powerful that God, the creator and sustainer of everything, never, ever thinks about or considers or relates to you or anyone in any way regarding to sin or anything dark. Have you ever heard that before? Can you imagine living 24-7, 366 with not a trace of fear? No worry, no doubt, no anger, no shame, no condemnation, no walking on eggshells, no thinking you're not good enough or something's wrong with you, no thinking at all that God is not pleased with you or thinking God's disappointed in you. Can you imagine that? The key to a different kind of life Zoe life, Z-O-E, what the Greeks called abundant supernatural life, the God kind of life, the life of the ages, eternal life here and now is to know, intimately know, experientially, and relate to God, knowing that he never, ever thinks about, considers, or relates to you in regard to sin or darkness, ever. That one thing is what changes everything from darkness to light. The night before he died, Jesus gathered his friends, his apostles together. He said in John 17, 3, he says, okay, here it is. This is eternal life, or better translation is the life of the ages. The Zoe, abundant life. To know, here it is, to know the only true God, Papa and Jesus. To know and intimately experience that they are pure light with no trace of darkness. That's amazing. Now, 
I want to flesh this out for us today as best I can. The other night, it was about dark. It was about 9 o'clock. I was out for a walk by myself. And so I went down the street. I, I heard some noise and some laughter, and I could kind of tell where it was coming from. And as I went on, I was across the street from a house that had three young girls, probably junior high or teenage high school. They were on blankets on their driveway, having fun, animated, excited. They they had a puppy or two with them and stuff. And here's what I started to hear as I got closer and could make it out. I could hear. He was like, she was like, well, I was like, well, they were like, well, it was like, 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 like. It got me to thinking. I, I really enjoyed listening to them having a good time. But it got me to thinking, if you want to show somebody something that they didn't know before, that they didn't know about, if you want to teach them about something new to them, well, how do you do that? Well, primarily we use words, word pictures, art, stories. Jesus used parables. We use words to describe things. We use synonyms. We say, well, it's like this. And then you go on to describe it. Or you use antonyms. You say, it's not like this. It's just the opposite of that. It's not like that at all. Now, when somebody has heard something a certain way all their life, over and over and over again, it can be tremendously hard to show them that what they thought was true is actually false. To show them it's not like they thought, it's like something else. For centuries, people thought the earth was flat. First people who saw the truth, that it's round, astronomers, they had a really hard time convincing others. They knew it was true, but there was great resistance because people had thought, no, like the work, the world's flat. It's not like you're saying. They were ostracized. They were expunged from religion and society. Some were even killed. So when we start to learn truths about God, God's nature, God's character, what God is really like, how God views us, truths that are generally different from what many people have been taught, have been told the Bible says, we just need to be aware there's going to be resistance. How do we present the truth of what God's like, especially without dwelling on what's not true? How do we expose darkness and focus on light without becoming part of the darkness ourselves? For example, if God doesn't condemn, judge, shame, put down, or hate people, uh, by the way, Jesus says that, if God doesn't condemn, judge, shame, put down, or hate people, how do we expose the lies people have been taught without condemning, judging, shaming, putting down, or hating them? Or especially hating or judging and condemning, putting down the people who repeat those lies and even teach them. Especially, how do we do that without focusing on the negative, focusing on the sin itself, the darkness? Well, Jesus didn't ignore the lies that people have been taught about God, but neither did he dwell on them or hammer on them. And that's what I want to do. Most of you know that in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, starting Matthew 5, Jesus said, Okay, you guys, you've heard what all the teachers of the law and the religious leaders say. This is what they taught from their scriptures, the Old Covenant, the Hebrew scriptures, Moses' law. He said, You guys have heard to love your friends and hate your enemies. But, he said, contradicting that, he said, But I say, Love your enemies. That's what God the Father is like. He's not like what you thought. He doesn't hate his enemies. He loves his enemies. He prays for them. He gives them grace. Jesus said, don't try to overcome evil with evil, 
but overcome evil with good. And then he just went about doing good things and demonstrating what God is really like. He's not like what they'd been taught, not at all. Now, Jesus taught exposing darkness with light. That's my goal. But I got to tell you all, it's easy for me to focus on the darkness and condemn those who teach it. Because I know this dark results and believing in it, how it hurts ourselves and others. So I admit it's hard. And I want to do a better job at it. Actually, I know that I can't, but Jesus in me and as me can. Some 20 years ago, I'd been a pastor then for 10 years, I guess, I was having some challenges with leadership at our church. I was a senior pastor, the founding pastor, but I had a leadership team, and we weren't getting along. We were at odds about why the church wasn't growing. There was tension and darkness. Well, I was sure I was right, but just in case, I went to my mentor for verification, confirmation bias, really. And I went with the attitude of, hey, uh, would you pray for these other folks? Because they're obviously wrong and I'm right. Uh, Could you tell me what to do? Well, I'll never forget what he said. He was a good man. He loved the Lord. He was sincerely wrong about a lot of things. But here's what he said. He said, well, if you're not getting along with somebody, one or both of you is not walking in the light. There is sin in your lives. So what you need to do, Paul, is you start by confessing every possible sin you can remember and ask God to search your heart and show you any unconfessed sin that you missed. And you confess that. Now, God will forgive you if you confess it all. You got to do it all. And if it's your sin that's the problem, then you confess it. God will forgive you, and God will bless the church. But you got to focus on your sin. you got to remember it all. So once you've done that, if things don't get better with the other people, then you can go to them and say, well, there must be unconfessed sin in your life. That's the problem. That's why God isn't blessing the church. Your sin is the problem. Then, if they identify and confess their sin, well, then God will forgive them, and God will bless the church, and you'll all be happily ever after living, and you'll be walking in the light. That whole focus was on sin, and God's withholding blessing and punishing us because of our sin. Yet the whole thing was the if-then system. But I believed him. So I did my part. I took some time, quite a bit of time, and focused on my sin, trying to remember any and everything I'd done that would make God be displeased with me, and confessed it. I did that. Well, things didn't get any better. So I went to the others in the group, and I did just what my mentor told me to do. I focused on their sin. It really hurt them, rightfully so. I lost friends, lost staff members. Some of them eventually left the church. It turned out really bad. Anytime you focus on sin and think that God hates sin and withholds blessings and punishes and is disappointed with you because of your sin, it turns out bad. That whole situation was dark. It was bad. Because of the focus on sin and my incorrect understanding that God focuses on sin. 
Well, that's where the whole world was when Jesus came. Now, here's the passage that my mentor at the time gave me. First John 1, 7 and 9, it was from the New King James, which is what he used, it says this, If we walk in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, can cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us, even more sin. If we confess our sins, though, then and only then, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, my teacher explained to me that this passage was all about sin. It was all about me and other people in my life and our sin. It was the if-then paradigm, which is what all the law in the Old Covenant is about. If we sin... That means we're not walking in the light. Then fellowship with us and God and us and others is broken. And God can't even hear our prayers. And God will punish us and withhold blessings from us until we confess those sins. If we say we have no sin, we're lying. There's no truth in us. And that's the reason why we're having problems. God is punishing us. He's disappointed. He's condemning. He's shaming. He's judging us. He's withholding blessing from us. But here's good news. If sort of, if we finally confess our sins and get it right and really concentrate and remember every single one and become sincerely contrite and grovel and feel bad and have genuine remorse and not fake it, if we get all that done correctly every bit, then he will forgive us and bless us until the next time. But there can't even be a single unconfessed sin. As a matter of fact, the denomination I was part of says if you die with any unconfessed sin in your life, you go to hell. That's the way God relates to you. But if we do all these things the right way, according to those who teach us, then God will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness for the moment. But the other people you're with, they still got to do the same thing or God will withhold blessings from you and them because you're associated with them. You're unequally yoked. Guilt of sin by association. <laughs> Listen, folks, there's no light in any of that. It can sound true because that's what many of us were taught all our lives. I still have people coming to me and saying, well, what about the passage that says if we confess it, we got to confess our sins. You know, folks, there's no light or truth in any of that. It's dark. Now, sadly, it wasn't just me that was hearing that message. That's the core message of much of religion. What I heard was, your sin is the problem. You are bad. You are not worthy. God can't stand to be around you because of your sin. If you take care of your sin with God, then he will forgive you. Then and only then will he bless you. Then and only then can he stand to be with you until the next time you sin, of course. Well, Jesus said, as I mentioned in the Sermon on the Mount and other times, he said, you have heard such and such a teaching from religious teachers or maybe even read in Scripture. He said, but I say... What did Jesus say about sin and God's relationship to us and our sin? There's good news, folks. 
What he said is actually in the passage preceding the very scripture that was hammered into me incorrectly by religious teachers. Starting in 1 John 1 verse 5, John, Jesus' closest friend, summarized everything Jesus taught. He said, this is the life-giving message. The message we heard him share, and it's still ringing in our ears. We now repeat his words to you. This is it. God is pure light, and you will never find even a trace of darkness in him. If we claim that we share life with him, but keep walking in the realm of darkness, thinking that there's darkness in God regarding our sin, we're fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we keep on walking and living in the pure light that surrounds him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' his son continually cleanses us from sin. See, John netted out what Jesus' entire message was distilled down to. God is pure light with no trace of darkness. It's like Jesus saying, you've heard there's darkness in God regarding your sin, but I say, no, God is pure light with no trace of darkness regarding your sin. The focus with Jesus' whole message was about God is light with no trace of darkness. That's what God is like. It has nothing to do with sin, no focus on sin. It has to do with God's nature and character and essence, which is pure light and love with no hint or no trace of darkness about anything, including and especially sin. Sin's not the issue with God, never has been. Now, religion has believed that lie and taught it. I believed it. I taught it. Religion's total focus is on our sin. Go to virtually any church in the country today, Evangelical Christian Fundamental Church, and you're going to hear a message on, here's what sin is, here's what you need to do about it. That's totally missing it. The total focus there is on sin. And Jesus says, no, the total focus is on pure light and love and grace and goodness with no trace of darkness. Our, quote, sin, unquote, which means something different to us today than the original word the New Testament writers used, which meant missing the mark of seeing and knowing and believing that God is pure light and pure love and pure goodness, are missing the mark of that, causes us to believe the lie that there is darkness in God, and that darkness is his obsession with our sin and morality. Jesus took that away. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Here's how the mirror translates 1 John 1, 7, 9. Much better, like light and day, night and day. He said, we are invited to explore the dimensions of the same light that envelops God. When we see the light in his light, fellowship ignites. In his light, we understand how the blood of Jesus Christ is the removal of every stain of sin. It's removed. It's gone. It's a no thing with God. He did that on his part without us even asking. The, he finishes by saying the success of the cross celebrates our redeemed innocence. He didn't finish. There's some more coming up. But the focus is on God's light and how it's already removed every stain of sin, which we all had a different mindset. Not an if-then, but because of what God did, 
because of God's light. Therefore, every stain of sin has been removed and there's no darkness. He goes on to say this, First John, to claim innocence by our own efforts under the law of personal performance, if then, to think we're innocent and right with God because we confessed and all like, no, that's to deceive ourselves and to deliberately ignore the truth. The truth about you does not mean that you now have to go into denial if you've done something wrong. When we communicate... Now, we use the word confess in English, and that's not a good word for this. The original word, the Greek word homologio, means to say the same thing as. When we communicate, say the same thing as what God says about our sins. See, it makes a big difference to know what God says about our sins. When we say the same thing that God says about our sins, we discover what he believes concerning our redeemed oneness and innocence. We are already cleansed from every distortion we believed about ourselves. Likeness is redeemed. Friends, here's the truth that will make you free. Here is the essence of Jesus' message. It's not about sin. It never has been. It's always been about God who is pure light and pure love and pure grace and pure goodness. And because of that, demonstrated in the greatest way ever by Jesus and his finished work at the cross, because of that, therefore, you can be absolutely assured there is no darkness, not a hint or trace of darkness in God with you. You can be sure that your so-called sin and any other person's so-called sin is not an issue with God. Now, you may still believe it's an issue with you and other people, but Jesus showed us it's never been an issue with God, and he doesn't want it to be an issue with us. Folks, the beginning of all religion, starting in the garden, every religion has started with you and we human beings creating God in our image, creating God like what we're like in our image and believing there's darkness in God, whether it's the Greek god Zeus or Hades, the god of the underworld, the Greek mythological gods, whether it's the Egyptian sun god or whether it's Allah or any religion's concept of God, the Hebrew Yahweh God, any religious concept of God that has to be appeased, whose focus is on sin who is going to get you if you sin, that's all dark. And it's not true of the only true God. Jesus, who is God, who's the only one who actually knows God the Father face to face, who's the exact representation of God, says, no, 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 a thousand times, no, God's not like that. See, here's what it means to walk in the light to be a pure light walker, have nothing to do with sin focus, just the opposite. Pure light walking is focusing on God's pure light, love, grace, goodness, with no trace of darkness, knowing that you're one with God because of what he did, that God loves you unconditionally, that God's already made you right with him, that God's made you pure, perfect, holy, and righteous, and one with him, that God took care of all your sins, that in God, in Christ, there's no shame, no condemnation, no fear, no guilt, no punishment. God is only perfect love, and perfect love drives out all of that fear. There is no if-then with the only true God. With the only true God, there's only because of who he is and what he's done. Therefore, all of this is true about you. That is good news. Folks, here's the net takeaway of this. 
Life's not about you and me and our sin and what we've done or not done, period. Let me say that again. Life is not about you and me and our sin, what we've done or not done. Life, the life-giving message straight from the mouth of Jesus, is God is pure love, unconditional love and limitless grace, pure light with no trace of darkness, no condemnation, no judgment, no record-keeping, no shame. God is not into sin management or sin control or behavior change. God is all about you knowing and walking in His pure light with Him where there is no trace of darkness. And when we do that, when we walk in that knowledge, in that union, in that understanding, in that experience, when we walk in His light, then we have no fear, no anxiety, no worry, no shame, no doubt, no guilt. There's no trace of God relating to us in any of those ways, only pure love and light and grace. Because we know that's who God is, therefore we live in His light. His light of love and joy and peace and grace and kindness and goodness and gentleness and Jesus' faith and Holy Spirit power and compassion and mercy and all of those things. Those are not character traits that we have to strive to become or achieve. No, that's the very nature of God that we experience as we walk in pure light. Folks, that's really good news to me. I hope it is to you too. See you next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Love you all. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.